Welcome back to the Electrify podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, North America's largest EV festival coming to a major city near you. Welcome to the Electrify News Podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, America's largest e-mobility festival coming to five major cities in 2022. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Electrify News Podcast. I am Joe Boris, and I am here with Richie, who is the, I would say, national sales manager of e-bike brand GoCycle. Does that sound right? Pretty much. Close enough. We're not big on <laughs> titles here at GoCycle. Well, that's good stuff. That's good. So for those of you who are not familiar with GoCycle, the GoCycle is like, and I say this with love, it is like the folding bicycle that George Jetson would have had, right? It is carbon fiber, magnesium. It has a front hub mounted motor, which is almost unheard of in this business, kind of makes it an all wheel drive sort of experience. So you get a little more stability in rain and grease. There's a ton of advantages there, but the, the big challenge to me seems to be the price. This is not an inexpensive product, but you guys are still selling just about as many as you can make, right? So far, so good. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. And we like to hope that we are, we're going to end up appealing to more people than the George Jetsons out there. Those were the early adopters back in 2009 when we, we, when we launched, but we've evolved into you know, becoming, our goal is to be one of the most desirable urban electric bikes in the world. So. Right. And that's, and, and I think that's a, that's a fair statement. And if you look at the world of e-bikes, there's kind of two different worlds. There's that 1999, 2499 sort of budget range. And then there's the really high end stuff. There's like the pivot shuttles, the specialized turbo creos, the things like that, that are in that six, seven, $10,000 range. You're kind of in the middle there where it's, it's a little bit too expensive for, I would say the casual rider, but it's like right there in the sweet spot for like the kind of upper, upper crust cyclists. Yeah. It's an interesting place to be. And, you know, sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not. Um, it's, you know, very savvy of you to suggest that it is in the middle. Uh, you've clearly, you're very knowledgeable on, on the spectrum of e-bikes because when we did, when we were founded and came out, we were a $5,000 electric bike in 2009 to 2014 before, you know, the swell came, that was super expensive, right? I mean, that was for sure early adopter, uh, et cetera. And, and as we progressed, we even did a, we did a, a brief period where we dipped below 3000. We wanted to, there was a Kickstarter involved and we just were kind of testing the market for a sub $3,000 go cycle. What, what would that mean? And, and it was interesting. It, 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 it worked to a degree, but we found that eventually people in general come to the conclusion that you get what you, you pay for. It feels like a lot. Yeah, of I think that's fair. I think there's there's certainly something to be said for having a value proposition. But I think the the more interesting thing to to all of our listeners, right? Because some people are just going to hear this and go, "Oh, it's a five thousand dollar bike." Next, and they're just going to kind of tune out, right? Yeah. So to make it a little more interesting and a little more accessible, you're talking about now. 10, 12, 13 years in the business, in the industry, making sales, meeting customers, going to shows. So you have really been a part of this e-mobility revolution since 
I wouldn't say the beginning, but since the first, this most recent wave that started after the 2008 kind of crash, right? Correct. So you're, you're in a good position to kind of talk about how that industry has changed, how the market has changed. Did you ever really think we would see this many bikes in that sub $2,000 price point? I, yeah, because of China. Yes. I, I, we did. That's fair. We did feel like at some point, I mean, even back then, I think in China, there were piles of e-bikes. I mean, back in 20, you know, the aughts. Uh, So (laughs) I, so we kind of, that was a little bit of a bellwether in terms of where the, the cheap lower, you know, low cost entry level e-bikes would be. In fact, our founder, Richard Thorpe was in town um, one winter, five years ago, six years ago. And we saw a guy on a rad power bike, a really popular direct to consumer model here in the States. And, and I picked him up from his hotel. We were coming here to our office and I'm super enthusiastic. So I rolled down my window. I'm like an e-bike, you know, I got, you know, special, e-bikes right you know wherever i go in a city i'm like i can see the battery i can see they were really easy to spot when go cycle started i mean we were integrated people didn't quite know what we were because it's harder to spot now though yeah right right they are they are but back then i'm like hey you're in you're on an e-bike sweet and we're in we were enthused five six years ago to see anybody on an e-bike, right? Because the rising tide raises all ships. And that that's where GoCycle was as a brand at that time. So I'm like, hey, you got an e-bike? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, hey, I got the guy who invented one of the coolest e-bikes in the world in my car sitting next to me. This is Richard Thorpe from GoCycle. And the guy says, oh man, I looked at that GoCycle. That's what I really wanted. And he said, but you know, I got this and I'm like, Hey, it's awesome that you got an e-bike. You know, I think the rad he was on was the rad wagon and it was, I don't know, probably a couple thousand bucks at the time, probably a little more now actually given COVID and parts. Yeah. I I feel like I I think they're going the other way. I think there's a lot of companies that they're, they're starting to realize economies of scale, right? They're not buying a hundred parts in an order they're buying 10,000 and they have the yeah, investment which is to key. do that. Yes. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big difference. Sometimes it's, you know, one of the things that I learned when I was in motorsports is it's infinitely more expensive to build one part than it is to build a thousand. Right. Right. So, so yeah, you're, you're right. So I'm looking up the rad wagon now it's, it's 2000. Yeah. It it's actually, still it about actually the went same down. price. So they the haven't same. gone the other way, but they haven't gone up either, which is, which is pretty good from an economies of scale. I was going to say, I mean, everybody else has gone up in recent years. Right. Either, either way we left that and, and Richard turns to me and I'm like, God, you know, how do we get those guys? How do we get those guys to get a go cycle instead of a, a lower cost entry level? And he's like, you know what we, for those people in today, this is six years ago, what, 20, 2016. He's like, we make a great second e-bike. Because of the cleanliness, because of the lightweight, because of the ride quality factor, all integrated. What what I think the public doesn't get yet is there's a lot of e-bikes. You said that. But it's not a no-brainer to get an e-bike 
to a, a, a quality level that's really that really hits the spot, right? That's not the a refinement level. So there's a lot of e-bikes still like they were in the early days, you know, basically a 1970s bike with a battery stuck on it, a motor, rear hub motor, whatever, that's not really well balanced, that's 50 to 70 pounds. You know, if we're looking at those $2,000 e-bikes, um, you know, I looked up one of them, the Aventon Cinch today, 68 pounds for a folding bike. That's, think about that for a second, 70 pounds. Yeah. That's And again, but I, I think that that's, you know, I, I think for most people who are buying, who are not cyclists, who don't know the difference between a tri bike and a cyclocross or something like that. You know, I, I think for those people, I wonder how much use they're getting out of their bike. You know, if you're only riding it two miles to the farmer's market and back every other Sunday, it, are you really going to be able to take advantage of you know, and, and it's not just about go cycle, you know, are you going to be able to take advantage of a carbon fork of a, of a, you know, lightweight magnesium wheel, right? Does that really make sense for you when you're that much of a casual rider? Yes. So now we're talking bigger picture, right? So we're zooming out from a product level and a differentiation between e-bikes level to what's going to happen in the world. Yeah. You know, when Richard Thorpe walked out of his flat in London in 2002 and saw cars jammed up to kingdom come, he thought there's got to be a better way. And that's why he left McLaren cars to design an alternate form of transportation that makes sense in an urban environment. You know that it, it took seven years for the G1 to come out, but it finally did. And so if we're, if we're stepping back from go cycle for a minute and saying, okay, what does the e-bike landscape look like in urban in environments? I mean, that's kind of what you're talking about. Is it just this novelty thing that I ride to the farmer's market and back? Or does it become something that slowly but surely carves out a place in an urban environment that displ potentially displaces big giant cars, right? I mean, how efficient is it for you and me to be in that four or seven seater or whatever oh, yeah. it is? No, it's a nightmare. There's a great scene. There, there's this great meme that I, it was put out by the city of Vancouver. It was really neat. Where love you know, that city, by the way. Yeah. Oh, it's a great town. It's a great town. It is. So, um, you know, there's a very famous one where it says, this is how many cars it takes to transport 48 people. And it shows all the cars. And it says, this is how many cars it, or how many buses it takes. It shows the buses. And this is how many bicycles. And then it's, it's just like not even a third of the bus, right? So there is that level of efficiency in that car replacement. But something that should be said that isn't often said is replacing the cars with an electric car is a is good it's you know electric car is better environmentally and things like that but what's really good if you're really trying to make an impact and trying to make your town better and your air efficiency better and things like that is to skip the car altogether right that's what some some folks think i mean that's i i think go cycle as a brand is all about getting people out of cars and onto e-bikes where that's yeah. possible and now, therefore the livability factor of the vehicle becomes very important that's when we take a step back and we look at the direction that e-bikes in cities and, and suburbs are going um 
then all of a sudden weight starts to become more important. Cleanliness, not being, not getting grease on your clothes, the ability to charge it in your office, theft becomes a concern. Bike theft, the thieves have just gotten better and better and better. Um, you see videos on YouTube of just, it's a three person deal. Somebody walks up with an ang angle grinder and th th another guy comes and takes the bike and boom, it's gone. Well, what better than protection than having the bike with you, charging it in your office, taking it in, leaving it, you know, next to your table at Starbucks, whatever the case is. So it's just, there's, there aren't that many products out there that enable, um, that level of livability. And so we're banking on that's going to continue to evolve in that direction. And that we, you know, we're in a front runner. What really interested me was I, I listened a little bit, Jody, your conversation with BJ um, that was posted on the Electrify uh, Expo. And you guys talked about, you know, all these incoming legacy brands, Tesla, et cetera, or, you know, you know, maybe potentially leapfrogging Tesla. And I'm just really, it was really thought provoking because it hit home with, with where GoCycle is at in a brand. You know, we've got these thoughts. We're, we're clearly a, one of the pioneers that mowed some tall grass in this world, but you know. I like that we, phrase, I think we mowed some tall grass. Yeah, we don't want to be beta, right? right. We, do, we don't want to be Yahoo, to Google, you right, know, we right. want to be, and I, the way I look at it, it's, you know, we're, I thought about this coming up to the podcast that goes, you know, you look back to the early days of cell phones, the movie wall street, where Gordon Gecko had that Motorola phone in his car, <laughs> right? The big box that he stuck oh, up. The lunchbox. Yeah. yeah. Right. And you know, a, a lot of the lower cost entry level bikes are like that Motorola today. They work. They're great. You can't say anything bad about them because you can pick it up and talk to a person. Yeah, it does but what it then, was supposed to do. Then you fast forward to this. I'm holding up an iPhone to the Zoom call and you're like, wow, you got a lot going on here. This is really from a life enhancement standpoint. And that I feel like we, we GoCycle is designed to be that we get called that everybody says we're the apple of e-bikes or we're the tesla of e-bikes I, I think when you mentioned george jetson i think when the ipod came out and there were sony walkmen or whatever there were at the time you know that was kind of seen as george jetson like and now you know so what does it take to get from today to there for us to get and, to everybody riding it yeah right really and that's interesting that's, hence our involvement in electrify expo we've got it we got to get out there and we got to get, get butts on seats it. that's right so i want to bring this up because this is you know to me my background is from the dealership world from the power sports world and i know that that's something that you guys are looking at right now as you try to figure out what the best way is to reach these consumers so yeah. Up to now, you've done sort of like the Indiegogo Kickstarter type thing with the crowdfunding. You've done direct sales. How do you see the future rolling out? Are you considering going into a dealer model? Are you thinking some kind of big box store? I know Cannondale recently got in bed with REI a couple of years ago, and that's been really good for both brands. So it's some kind of model like that, something that you think maybe not for GoCycle, but from the industry in general, you think that's where it's going to go? 
Well, there's two answers. There's industry in general, and there's there's us. Uh, what I know most about is what we're doing. Um, I've got to, you know. Right. If, if you knew more about what someone else was doing, that'd be a problem. <laughs> that'd be a little bit of, I, I'd say you probably have a better view. And I, and I think I'd like to ask you your opinion after talking with lots of people like me and having such a focus, both with a, the, the Electrify podcast and some of the other work you've done. I, I'd like to hear a little bit of that. But to answer your question, I mean, so we started primarily dealers. We've always been dealer, dealer, dealer. That's our, our bread and butter, strong partnerships for over a decade now. Uh, and and we, we've evolved into this, you know, it's 2022 omnichannel. People need to be able to buy any kind of product, whether it's something on Amazon or some commodity or, uh, you know, a, a four to $7,000 alternate electric vehicle, they need to be able to buy it how they want at a dealer, online, whatever. Um, so we've had to figure out ways to sort of yeah, you make want the sure dealer to be able to reach out to the community and make that personal connection, but you don't want the dealer to become a hindrance to doing business because the customer doesn't want to go to the dealer. Or because the dealer is distracted by so many other shiny toys flavor of the day <laughs> e-bikes now whatever. that's an interesting point of view right because when you talk about a a customer going into a car dealership and they're looking for an ev they're looking for a chevy bolt or a nissan leaf or something much better because that's where we're at in the world now you right know, and it's not available or it's six hours out or it hasn't been pdi'd yet and the salesperson their natural inclination is to say well i can't do business with you today but if you want to do business today, we have all these great products. So you guys are in a much more complicated space because it's not like you're a Ford dealer with multiple Ford products. You're in a store that even the mom and pop bike shops carry three, four, five, eight different product lines. And then, you know, now it's a question of who's, you know, how long have you had it on there? Is it a floor plan deal? Do they own it? Now you've got all kinds of nightmare scenarios to deal with. Yeah. It, nightmare and also opportunities, opportunities to win them over, to get champions on the sales floor that understand, you know, when, when a customer comes in and sees 10 different diamond frame bikes, basically with a motor and a, a battery worked into them, um, and then they see a go cycle, being able to understand and communicate what, what the value is of that livability factor and getting them on it, of course. Once somebody rides it, it's, it's a no-brainer. But, we, you know, from 2009 to today, we went from dealers with a, just a very small percentage direct in North America. We launched in North America in 2014. And then that was just organic growth online. And it was, you know, in the two to 3% range, you know, by 20 pre COVID, we were probably at, you know, somewhere in the 10, 10 to 13% range, you know, and now COVID once everybody was stuck inside and not going to dealers, I think it spiked for everybody, the online component. And we went to, you know, 15 ish percent. Yeah. And what, even if 20. you were the type of person before who would go like, like a type of person like me, I would go sit on or ride around 
10 or 12 different bikes whenever it was time for me to buy a new bike. Yeah. And I would always kind of try to feel it out. I like this one. I want this one with this seat and this handlebar. And I would always kind of try to, yeah, well, I think, you know, for someone who's spending that kind of money, unless you make a lot more money than I do, you want to make sure that you're buying something that you're going to ride and love for years and years. Agreed. Right. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting point from what you're looking at, because when I think of a folding bike, I don't necessarily think of a bike as of a folding bike as a product that's going to last me 10, 15 years. I look at it as a, I'm going to throw it in the back of my car. I'm going to drag it upstairs and it's just going to be a commuter piece. But the Go Cycle, as designed by Richard, is a car replacement for that central London downtown business guy who's just getting from A to B. I wonder if you guys are being affected kind of on, you know, COVID as a double-edged sword, because on the one hand, more people are looking for more things to do outdoors. They've accepted e-bikes as a viable source of transportation. But on the other hand, they're not going into offices like they were anymore. I'm certainly not going into the office anymore. So, you know, my need for a A to B kind of bike is zero at this point. Yeah. So, Hence the ride, we go back to ride quality. The wheelbase on a go cycle is the same as a full size right. bike. And so the ride quality feels it when you ride a go cycle, and people who come to Electrify will see this, it's like you're riding a full size bike. It does not feel, in fact, the riding position is actually in some ways more comfortable because you're not like on a hybrid bike, you're a little forward on your forearms. Mm-hmm. The go cycle, you're a little more upright. More like a beach cruiser stance, although the pedal position is a little different. So this is all hard to explain, which is part of the reason dealers remain so they remain so, so critical for us. You know, yeah. it really is about riding it. And you would want to ride it before. And we've evolved from, you know, a folding bike that wealthy yachters bought <laughs> because there was no what better way to get out to port. Out so of, it, it's funny port. you mentioned that because the one guy I know that has a go cycle. I've only ever seen one in person. It belongs to my buddy. Okay. He's a pilot and yeah. he flies this little Cessna thing. Yeah. He puts it in the Cessna. That's a no flies it out. Yeah, right. exactly. And then wherever he's going, he rides around on the go cycle, folds it up, puts it back right. in, and flies back. Right. That's the only guy because, you know, number one, he's got the budget for it. He appreciates the lightweight. He understands yeah. technology. You know, this is a little bit different from like, you know, my 70 year old parents in an RV who put something on the back of it, right? Like this is a totally different animal. So I get it. I get it. I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the ride affects it. Because I think if you are the type of person who is sold on the technology and you're sold on the high end materials, the carbon fiber and this, you know, in terms of folding bikes, who else is there? I mean, even if you look at like, the real pioneers of folding bikes. If you look at like Molten, which is a, a British That's bike. Sweet. I've ridden the Molten and I've ridden the little Molten that has the battery pack, which yes. I think is kind of cool. Um, I love, I love that bike. All right. Yeah, that's, that's a one cool of my bike. Favorites. The Dehan bike, I think, is another one. I think if you're- uh, which is the uh, relative of Dehan that spun is turn, right? They make a folding yes. electric. Yes, yes, yes. Right? So, yeah, I mean, it's funny. The bike, you know, everybody always says you get into the bicycle business so you can get a discount on your own bikes. Right. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like everybody who started a bike shop. Well, I got addicted to road bikes and then I decided I'd have my own right. bike shop. Yeah, that's it. But, um, 
I, I really think that it's interesting. I want to talk a little bit about the bike again, and I, I don't want to make it an infomercial for Go Cycle, but yeah. in, in some ways, that's going to be are... hard to do with me on your podcast. That's fair enough. We have editing. It's going to be good. <laughs> I'll do my best. It'll be a 45 second podcast. <laughs> right, right. But I think that there are some unique features of the Go Cycle that you can't talk about them in the sense of the broader market because you guys are the only ones doing it. So I want to specifically talk about the front hub motor because 99.9% of the e-bikes out there are what you would expect. They're rear drive bikes, which is where you pedal in the middle, the power goes to the rear wheel and pushes you forward. This is different. You guys are pulling the rider along, but it's still a pedal assist. So the rider is putting power to the rear wheel. The electric motor is picking up the front wheel and it rides different. If you've never ridden a two wheel drive bike, I think there's you guys, Ubco, and that's it. You know, there, so one of the, one of the big brands is making one of their road bikes, a front hub motor. I remember Richard being excited about that because he said people are going to understand the value when, when, someone like trek comes out with a madone or specialized oh, okay all right i was gonna a, say i know of a japanese bike that's doing that but i'm i'm not allowed to talk about it i was gonna okay. ask how you Whoa, to talk hey, about maybe it maybe we should focus on that for a couple <laughs> seconds here yeah so, that'd be, yeah, that'd be I, a podcast know, that would burn some bridges <laughs> yeah i think people get a little too wrapped around the axle about where the motor is however you when you intro the podcast the front hub is valuable because if you lift a go cycle in the middle it's perfectly balanced and you can feel that in the ride you've got the weight of the gearing and the the rear hub uh the shimano nexus three-speed internal hub and you've got the motor on the front which balance each other out so it's it's perfect It, it sits balanced in your hand when you're carrying it which at you know 37 pounds is is very carryable from for all it for most ages and yeah and from six down especially when you're looking at most e-bikes in that again unless you're talking about that specialized or that right which bike. and we should they, we they should get pretty heavy yeah and we should clarify that you know go cycle has evolved from this you know very specific niche to becoming you know why wouldn't you get a go cycle if you live in any city to get around if I understand you correctly, you guys have gone from this extremely niche product that kind of worked in one scenario. And then as you've gone on and evolved, the bike has evolved in terms of material quality, in terms of ride and technology, but the market has also evolved. So this narrow window that you guys thought you had other windows and other doors started opening for you that that product that you had built fit into very nicely so the product we built was intended for where we're for what we're on the precipice of now for becoming that's that was the complete intent a better way to get around a city was a go cycle well and now that we have the the aircraft the rv that was a that was a happy accident right Right, that right they could afford it it was a fit but we've been sort of moving in this direction anyway i don't want to get too far away from the front hub motor there's a reason i was talking (laughs) about you know a little bit again insert trying to insert a little history and got lost in my thought but the front hub motor is you know it, it allows you to have pure pedal power to the back wheel and what we what we understand there's also um 
you know, we're, we're very popular in New York, in San Francisco, in L.A., Miami, particularly an area like San Francisco, the upper northwest, where there are lots of hills. Yep. We're talking North America, um, Vancouver as well. I, I want to stop you for just a second because I, I you're going down a good path, but I want to sp- explain to people who are not cyclists or who haven't ridden a lot of yeah. bikes. The reason he's talking about pure pedal power to the rear is because a lot of bikes use either torque sensors or what's called a cadence sensor, which is it measures how fast you're pedaling to determine how much electric power to put to the rear wheels. If you downshift suddenly, like you're going up a hill or you upshift to coast down a hill, that's going to throw off most of those cadence sensors, especially at a budget price point where they're not torque or load demand sensors. They're just cadence sensors. That's going to throw that off. And that bike can get real squirrely when it's trying to put power down and you're going down a steep hill, especially like those you find in the Pacific Northwest. So again, great stuff that you're talking about and but that's why to someone who's not in the business listening to this that's why that feature becomes important it does and going uphill also if you've got a lot of weight in the rear or even in in the mid for the mid drives in the bottom bracket if you're going up a hill that it, the balance is on the rear of the bike oh it lifts up the front yeah and so the front goes up so having the motor there um, really helps for stability. And the Go Cycle does have um, torque sensors and cadence sensors, all of that stuff from an engagement management standpoint. Well, that's interesting. So you guys are running both. We are. We do both. Yeah, we have both. There's there's a uh, torque sensor in the crank. There are cadence sensors uh, at the wheels uh, and the crank to help optimize the the power delivery. It's it's very very smooth. So, yeah, it's really like I, well, I can't I don't wait to bore your listeners, but no, they're not going to be bored by that. I think that's good stuff. I think that you know what you're doing is you're giving anybody listening to this who is in the market for an e-bike who hasn't really had a ton of experience. What you're doing is painting the picture that like we have this product. It's called the Go Cycle. It looks a little bit different, but that's because it is a little bit different, and it might be your thing. And I think that's about as much of an infomercial as you're going to get. <laughs> that's, that's all we need. Go out and fi- go out and try one. I mean, come to Electrify Expo and take a look at it. Uh, <laughs> give it a spin. You, have yeah. you well, ridden one yet? Be, I have not. Uh, Jeff wouldn't let me touch his. But <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> but well, I'll tell you what. Next uh, we're going to be. I was going to say next week we're going to be at Long Beach at the Long Beach uh, Convention Center. We're all going to be there uh, along with a bunch of other bikes. So you can do back to back rides, and then we're going to follow that up with Seattle, and then New York, Miami, and then Austin, Texas. So yeah, we're uh, going to be at Austin there. too. So far. Yeah, Austin's going to be good. And I think, uh, you know, especially with those, with the, uh, the inside cart, cart tracks that we had last year that we converted into bike courses, I think you're going to see it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, I'll, it'll be interesting to see. And I look forward to meeting you there. That sounds awesome. So I, I have a question for you, if you don't mind. Yeah, you know, hit me. In that, from that, com- you, you have a very broad view. You've studied, clearly studied this. You're very knowledgeable on. I'm just elect- old. The knowledge comes to you as you get older. I'm looking at you. You do not look old. You're, you're you know why than, that I is? I'm older than than you. I'm I've won this bet many a time, my friend. I have kids <laughs> in college. I 
I, I, cause I don't have stress. I'm a carrier. I give it oh, to other people, but right, I don't right. have the stress. My other move is I gain about five pounds every year, which like it, it keeps the skin from sagging. I just balloon up. So from the inside. I'm so glad you brought that up because <laughs> another thing that gets lost in the e-bike conversation, do you have an e-bike? I do. What do you have? Uh, I can't reveal that. That's super top secret. It is. Wow. Interesting. Well, the healthy that's, that's bad for the sponsors. Too. Pardon me? It's bad for the other sponsors. Okay. Got it. Got it. No, I, I totally get it. Um, so is the healthy living aspect that gets lost, especially if you're looking at some of the mini bike, the sort of trendy type e-bikes that are heavier, they have pedals, but they're really more of a scooter. You're not yeah. really going to ride it as a bike. Therefore, you're not going to get you're not going to get the health benefit. You're not going to get the health benefits that you would from a purpose built electric bike like the Go Cycle that's designed <laughs> to be ridden. Designed like, to be ridden. Right, right. Like well, like a bike, even though we have a throttle button as well. I mean, so from a sophistication, refinement, versatility standpoint, we're there. We've got everything, but you'll want to ride it because it of the ride. So, well, I want to ride it. I want to check it out and I want to, I want to see if I'm missing out. So I'll do that in LA right. and uh, much appreciated. Thanks for listening to the electrify news podcast brought to you by the electrify expo coming to five major cities in 2022. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all the latest in e-mobility news and updates. Thanks for listening to the Electrify podcast brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo. Be sure to catch full video episodes on YouTube at Electrify TV and follow along on social media for daily clips and more.